0: hallelujah and thank you jesus i'm telling you i'm praising god for another opportunity to be on this call the bible study call seven o'clock i pray that you are letting folks know um thank you for those who would be on the line at seven o'clock it is so important that again you get every ounce including the prayer sometimes i might be praying and when i pray I may not pray the regular, the regular prayer that you're used to hearing, but once you adapt this understanding that the will of God is so important, so when I pray, Lord, have your way, man, that should strike into your spirit in a way that causes you to identify with the rest of the body of Christ that just loves God and want him to have his way. So right now, in the name of Jesus, I thank you, I praise you, I bless your name. I honor you, O oh God. I honor you right now in the name of Jesus. I pray, dear Lord, that you will have your way in the midst of this Bible study call and that you will bless each and every person, not only those who are on the line, but those who will listen, those who will re- uh, play this recording back in the name of Jesus. Bless us, O oh God. Use me to your glory and let the the listeners let this word sink deep into their hearts and minds that, again, you might get the glory from their lives. In Jesus' name, somebody say amen. All right, we are back in this book, A Guide to Effective and Powerful Prayer, Becoming a Prayer Warrior by Elizabeth Ells. And, and let me tell you, I don't, know about, I don't know about you, but I've been blessed. I've been truly blessed by this study we have made it all the way to this area I'm telling you if you are talking about what excites me what is one of the things they say what do you want to teach on I want to teach on spiritual warfare I want to teach on spiritual warfare and and spiritual warfare and prayer those are just the topics that I love when you're praying you're doing spiritual warfare but sometimes you can take it to another level. You can take prayer to another level when you start to do warfare. So um, we are now on page, on page 113, and this is Chapter 7. You are in a battle. Whether you believe it or not, you're in a battle. So, again, let's dive into it. One of my favorite chapters in the Bible, uh, and I'm going to go there and Bible Gateway, Ephesians chapter 6, all right, Ephesians chapter 6, and we're looking at Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 12. Now, you recognize that it says put on the whole." verse number 11, no, back up to verse number 10, finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Key for you to know, this is not you, this is the Lord. This is nobody but the Lord. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Verse number 11, watch this. Verse number 11, wherefore, and I'm reading it from the, what is this? Easy to read version. and the easy to read version, verse number 11 says what? Wear the full armor of God, wear God. Ah, I need a new monitor. My monitor is blinking in and out, so please forgive me. Wear God's armor so that you can fight against the devil's clever tricks. And what I wanted to do is verse number 11, when it says stand, the easy-to-read translation breaks that down to say fight. When it says stand, now, again, when you're reading it, if you're not doing research in another translation, if you're not looking it up in uh, the the dictionary, if you're not looking at a Schofield—not uh, a Schofield reference, but the commentary and the Schofield—what is that other one? It'll come to me. You got another. You've got a, another book that again breaks down concordance. Not concordance. It is a concordance. The concordance. If you, if you have um, a concordance that actually breaks down the definition in the Hebrew and the Greek of these words, when you say stand, you may just think, I'm just standing so the enemy can't knock me over. No, when you break that down in another translation, it says fight. It says fight. So what does it say, verse number 11? Wear the full armor that you might fight. Verse 11, put on the whole armor of God, the whole armor that God gives you so that you will be able to stand. Now, there it is again. This is the good news translation, and again, it says stand. You need to know you're doing more than just standing. You are fighting, and when that word is translated, it is fight, all right? Verse number 11, and we're working down to verse number 12. King James says, Put on the full armor of God that you may be able to stand. We did that against the wiles of the devil, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers and against rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And when you start the battle, let me tell you something. You know Ephesians chapter six, we could spend we could spend the rest the rest of the evening just in Ephesians chapter six. I want to get to page number 116. We won't do that, God willing, until uh, what is this April the third. we won't get there until the 10th, but let me tell you, knowing the enemy's name, knowing the enemy's tactics, be alert. Flipping over to verse number, uh, page number 119, recognizing the battlefield. Those are the verses I really want to get to. Let's walk through this one. W- 113, page 113. And those who are just coming on, becoming a prayer warrior. Becoming a prayer warrior. Watch this. Dutch evangelist Corey 10 Boone said, it is, watch this. A poor soldier indeed who does not recognize the enemy. You got to let that sink in. It's a poor soldier that does not recognize the enemy. You're looking at somebody else or something else or even yourself, help us God, as the enemy. And thank you, Jesus. You're not the enemy, they're not the enemy, it's not the enemy. You gotta it's a poor soldier. This is Corey Tim Boone. He says it's a poor soldier indeed who does not recognize the enemy. The key to victory in both natural and spiritual warfare is to declare I'm sorry, to clearly identify the enemy, watch this, and to understand his character, and methods. Now, if you don't do nothing else, you've got to spend time studying the enemy. Know who the enemy is. Recognize him. Know his tactics. When you see it, you've got to call it out. Recognize, no, 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 I'm talking that way. I shouldn't talk that way. Why? Because that's the enemy. I recognize that that's, I don't know if other folks use it, but that's one of my phrases, that's not my thought. That's not my thought. Here we go. Identify the real enemy. Question. So who is the Christian's enemy? The answer is Satan, his host of fallen angels. Who is the real enemy? It's Satan. It's Satan that is the real enemy, and you've got to recognize that, guess what? Him and his host, and and many times Folks really believe that they're beating up. We're going to put, give the devil a black eye. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. You better recognize who the devil is. You better recognize the spiritual influence. Hear me. The spiritual influence, because we're going to get in there because too many people give the enemy way too much power. His spiritual influence. And that influence for the weak, watch this, for the weak mind, that influence for the spiritually unaware, unintelligent, lacks knowledge, individual, guess what? That influence is powerful. For the aware, for the one that's walking with the Lord, the one who knows him, the one who operates in his power, that influence is a nothing. He has no power. We operate under the mindset that Jesus Christ, when he died on the cross, went in the grave, fought the enemy, came up out of hell, came up out of the grave, and then he declared, guess what? All power is in my hand. Flip over, 114. These unseen spiritual forces, hallelujah, these unseen spiritual forces seen in Isaiah 14, 12 through 14, And Ephesians 6.12, and we just read Ephesians 6.12, and then it gives 2 Peter 2.4 and Jude 6, Jude 6. Webster's Dictionary defines uh, enemy as the hostile forces or power that has destructive effects. Write that down. If you don't have a book, you may want to write that down. As hostile forces or power that has destructive, hallelujah, effects. It's the enemy. Folks, let me tell you something. This, and again, that's why, again, I stay right here. Some folks struggle with righteousness. Some other folks, thank you, Jesus. Some other folks struggle with uh, uh, peer pressure or whatever else. Recognizing the, the struggle is actually with the enemy, the enemy, the enemy, your foe. One who is, watch this, one who is awake, adversary, or distressor, one standing against, one hating observers, or one who is critically watching. The name Satan, watch this, means what? Adversary. The name Satan means adversary. One who accuses. So when you really understand, I, I do it often at Mount Enon. I stand and I put God there, and then when I step down out of the pulpit and I face the, the podium, I'm facing God, and I go into the mode of how Satan walks and prance in the presence of God, accusing us of our past, accusing us, watch this, of one act, something that you do does not define you, but many folks can take one act and crush all the good that they have done. Here we go. Keep it moving. Okay? Adversary, one who accuses. Satan' cleverest trick is to convince the world, true or false, you tell me, to convince the world, that he does not exist. Folk looking at the white man or looking at the black man, looking at the Catholics or looking at the uh, uh, Jehovah Witness, looking at the Muslims, they looking at their boss, looking at their wife, their husband, and, and they're making them the enemy as if Satan does not exist. you got to realize Satan does exist, and not only does he exist, but he creates, he stirs up, A lot of the foolishness, most of the foolishness, because I also give some to your sinful flesh, I also do give some to your mind that, again, likes to go into the past, bring up stuff, no matter if it's recent or or way back when, bring up that stuff and make it as if that's the thing that's defeating you. And many times, I believe for many Christians, it is the thing that's defeating them from their own mind. Here we go. So we said, that's true or false. You've got to answer that. Uh, are we convinced that he does not exist? It does not exist? Few people, either Christians or non-Christians, have a clear concept of who Satan is and his place in the world. We succumb, thank you, Jesus, to our human reasoning in believing some person is our enemy. We just said that. Here we go. I'm going to keep reading. This whole, you know what, I just about highlighted, underlined, put in brackets, this whole uh, section of of page 114. Do you believe it? It says here, they succumb, we succumb to our human reasoning and believing some person is our enemy. And act accordingly. Meanwhile, the real enemy, Satan, wreaks havoc in our marriage, our family, our church, our community, our nation. Current Pastor Williams Grinnell, Grinnell, in his book, The Christian in Complete Armor, Volume 1, watch this, Send your wrath on Satan. Spin, not sin. Spin your wrath on Satan, who is your chief enemy. Men are, do you believe it? Men are only his puppets. Do you believe it? Many Christians, I'm telling you the God's truth, cannot get out of the mindset. That, that individual is not my enemy many lose focus you know you you've never seen someone trying to hit a target hit a bull'seye even even if it 's moving you 're keeping the gun you're not going all over the place when you 're trying to hit a target you're focused and when you vacillate back and forth between people and Satan things and Satan, yourself and Satan, it's going to be hard for you to hit your target. And in the way God breaks this thing down in Ephesians, this is a war. He said put on armor. You're not putting on armor to go for a walk. Thank you, Jesus. You're not putting on armor to, to jump rope. Thank you, God. You're not putting on armor to take a walk in the park. You're putting on armor to fight. And although you cannot see this armor, you've got to know that the warfare is real. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Look at what it says. Do you believe it, that men are only his puppets? It says, he explains, he explains the following manner. When the enemy comes riding up, I love this, riding up, in a battle, the valiant soldier, help us God, is not angry with the horse, but with the horseman. That's the I hope you see it. I'm breaking it down for those who don't see it. The horse is the puppet. The rider that's coming up as your enemy is Satan. When the puppet the man that he's using, the woman that he's using, comes up to you, you've got to see past them and go to the enemy. I'm telling you, I believe that it's destroying relationships. I believe that it's destroying relationships because folk can't identify who the enemy is. Folks spend more time thinking about the person, the horse, than the rider. If we're going watch this, if we're going to defeat the enemy, we've got to be on one accord. If we're gonna defeat the enemy, we gotta recognize who the enemy is. If we're ever watch this in when it came to um Pentecost, when you really see the power of God, you see people in one place on one accord. You can't get on one accord. Let me tell you something. You can fight your battle, you may do pretty good fighting and putting one thousand to flight, but good God almighty, don't you wanna to get to the place where you put in tens of thousands of flight? flight? How could, watch this, many times I, it appears I'm the one that's describing, can we get on one accord? Can we get on one accord? Can we study this word together, look at it, and see that, you know what, the way that we overcome this thing is for us to get on one accord. God says that if you can get two of y'all to agree, you're putting tens of thousands, tens of thousands to flight. I'm talking two and three and four and five, six. Wow, could we get ten? Help me, God. Do you believe it? Watch this. No, I did that do you believe it already. Let me break this down. He works to kill the rider, not not the horse, but the horseman. He works to kill the rider so that he may possess the horse for his own use that the individual the puppet the man your wife your husband your children whoever you are identifying as the enemy you might possess them and win them for the kingdom help us god what time is it 720 okay let's roll drop down to the bottom of the page satan was a perfect creature until he tried to exalt himself above God his beauty filled him with pride causing him to no longer be holy you gotta let that sink in you gotta let that sink in created by God watch this Created by God perfectly. There you go. That's what I was looking for. What, I knew there was a descriptive word. He was perfect until he exalted himself. His beauty filled him with pride. And I'm looking. Sometimes you ride around, you look, you, you interact with folks, you've got some beautiful people in the world. The key is, are you allowing your beauty to develop, create, cause you to be prideful and to look down on other folks and exalt yourself? Keep it moving. His beauty filled him with pride, causing him to no longer be holy, and he wanted to receive worship that belonged only to God. And that's why I talk to folks all the time. I talk to the musicians. I talk to leadership. I'm telling them, listen, when we're in worship, please do not distract in any way from the worship of God. I have to discipline myself. At times, at the weirdest time, and you you better understand, it's nothing but the enemy throwing. It could be a piece of lint that you desperately got to get off right now in the middle of worship. You're not up with your eyes closed and thanking God and, and, and loving on him. Warfare in the church is going on. Let me tell you something. The enemy is shooting as many darts as he can during worship to get you off track. I got to go to the bathroom. Lord, we love you. Lord, we love you. Man, I got to go to the bathroom. No, 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 not bad. You just got the unction. Out of the blue, I got to go to the bathroom. Now I'm gonna disrupt these three people right here because while we're worshiping, they can worship. I gotta to go to the bathroom. It is the enemy's tactic to get you off track. Here we go. Keep it moving. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Here we watch this. Top of page one fifteen. Because Satan did not recognize the authority of God who made him, he was cast out of heaven and recorded as. Recorded in the following passage, and I could have scratched that out. Isaiah 14, 12 14 12 to 14. This is again a scripture that I love. The scripture you say, well, why? Because it got all it's got is talking about Satan in it. Yeah, because it gives me what happened to the enemy and understand the God that I serve is the God that threw this God through this um, cherub out. How Have you fallen from heaven? Old star of the morning, up. Oh, what did I just hear? Somebody, come on. Hey, okay. everybody, muted. Give me a second. Okay, keep it moving. Here it is. Old star of the morning, son of the dawn. You have been cut down to the earth. You who have weakened the nation. But you said in your heart, watch this, his deep thoughts, watch the things that you ponder. Watch the things that you ruminate in your mind. You're rolling it over and over and over again. God is looking at our heart. You have said in your heart, I will ascend. I will. Watch this. You know I love the will, the will of God. He said, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mountain assembly in the recess of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Whether you believe it or not, you better understand that many times what we are, what we are desiring is the attention that only belongs to God. What we're looking for. Is something that belongs to God. Looking to be elevated that we might get the same kind of praise, that we might get that award. You've got to be able to tell yourself that because many times nobody else can tell you. Isaiah 14 and 12. So, again, what does it do? It gives us, it gives us, and I just need something to hold this down. It gives us what caused Satan to be kicked out of heaven. It gives us when, again, I will, and and I've been fighting and I've been doing a campaign against our personal will. When you love God and you understand who God is, hold on, let's look this up. I'm going to uh, Google. I don't never like typing God without making a capital G. <laughs> That's just me. That's just me personally. Here we go. When you understand how intelligent, how smart God is, God has a plan for us. Watch this. First Peter chapter two verse number, verse number nine. 1 Peter chapter two verse number nine but you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own, watch this, his own special people. They don't have, let me see if they give me the translation. New King James Version. New King James. It says here, his own special people. Come on, monitor. That you may proclaim the praises of, of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, this is again the knowledge of God who created this entire world, my God, and you will sit here and follow either an individual or the enemy. this is the mind of God. this is the things God do. watch this love it romans eight twenty eight and twenty nine romans eight twenty eight and twenty nine romans eight twenty eight and twenty nine And we know that all things work together for the good of them who, what? Love God, those who are called according to what? His purpose. For whom he foreknew, he also predestinated to be conformed to the image of what? His son, that he might be the firstborn among many brethren. This is all God's plan. See, that's why I'm saying it should be easy for us, which it is not. It is easy for us, God, you let your will be done. You say, well, no, what about this situation? God, let your will be done. Father, let your will. He said, I'll give you the desires of your heart, the thing that you ponder in your mind. So there are some things that you ponder, the desires of your heart. That's your deep, deep thoughts. Let me tell you something. God knows your thoughts. So here it is. Some folks say, no, I ain't praying let his will be done. I'm praying what I want. And all I'm asking, I'm not saying I'm forcing you, bending your arm, holding your head underwater. I'm saying, why not look back over your life? How many times as a believer who believe they're walking in righteousness, who believes that God is all-powerful, you prayed your own prayer and start looking at That's why we just came out of journaling. Start journaling how many times your prayer did not come. Now, I don't know about you, but if they say, swipe your card, Put In this number, you can get your money out. I swipe my car, put in my number, money can't don't come out. Swipe my car, put in my number, my the money doesn't come out. Swipe my car, put in my number, and the money does not come out. Okay, how many times are we going to do this before we realize maybe it's something wrong with what I'm doing? The something wrong is again the way Satan, this is my just me, me talking. The way Satan said, I will do this, I will do this, I will do this, that we don't study enough. We have not been enlightened. The revelation has not taken place. Thank you, God. There is no manifestation of what God said we could experience in our personal life to the level we're looking for, and we're satisfied. I'm going back to the bank and say, This is the card you gave me. I'm putting in the pen that we identified was my pen. It is not working. When I go back to God, God is showing me, Jesus gave us the secret. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done. Why in the world would he say it? Why would Jesus on the cross with as much agony, excruciating pain that he was going through, that he would take time out on the cross. Matter of fact, the, the part that happened before the cross in the Garden of Gethsemane while he's praying over and over again, Father, is there any way that this cup could pass from me? Is there any way, is there something else we could do? Okay, Father, wow, this is hard for me to go through. Let that will be done. Even when it comes to my personal body. Even when it comes to loved ones that are so close to me. I have no control. See, you gotta get to the, the point where you understand. I really have no control. He says you have no control over yourself. You can't make yourself you can't make yourself any taller. You can't make any hairs on your head gray. But somehow, I feel I can make a decision in this. Somehow I feel I can make a decision in that. And you have years of evidence that, guess what? That prayer, that prayer, that prayer, it's been 562 individual prayers. I'm not talking about all the prayers. You're talking about millions. I'm talking 562 very powerful prayers, and they did not come to pass. I don't want that bank card. Give me another one. And, matter of fact, before I leave the bank, I'm going to try it to make sure you see whether it works or not. When I see that it's not working, you as an individual, no matter what the pastor says, no matter what the the TV evangelist says, no matter what you read in a book, this is something personal with you. This is why all these religions are coming up because folks are trying different stuff, and you know what they're saying? This works for me. I'm telling them when I run into them, thank God that's working for you. Keep working it. Boom, I got to move on. Shake the dust off of my feet. Thank you, Holy Ghost, and keep it moving. Because I'm telling you that this works. And when you love God enough, you better understand, God throughout the Bible led and God. When, 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 when they came up out of Egypt, guess what? You better keep that kind of mentality. God was in that cloud going before them, and that's who you follow. What is this? That's the will of God. You didn't see, watch this, you got, uh, let's say, a million people coming out of Egypt, and then you got half a million that just turn and try to do their own thing. So when did this start? That we start doing our own thing? If this is warfare, guess who's going to lead us in the battle? Guess who led Jesus into battle? He comes up out of the baptism with John the Baptist, and guess what? They're going straight into the wilderness to do what? To have a little episode with the devil. God is showing us, I will lead you right into these areas. It is up to you. Thank you, Jesus. It is up to you to say, God, lead me. I'll follow. No, no, no. God, I don't want to go there. Lord, I don't want to do that. Lord, i Okay. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Let's move on. Um, Ezekiel, chapter 28. Help me, God. Ezekiel, chapter 28. I cannot answer that right now. Ezekiel, chapter 28. You were anointed cherub. Good God Almighty. I hope you get it. You were an anointed cherub who covers. You See, again, when it comes to warfare, you better know who you're dealing with. Satan under our feet. Yes, we sing this song. Satan's under my feet. He's under my feet. Stop the devil. Stop the devil. Lower, lower, lower. Amen. Amen. We sing the songs. It's cool. It's cool. Understand it's a song. Understand, when God created him, he was an anointed cherub and knows exactly about this kind of warfare. And this warfare right here, again, it's not chopping your head off. It's not dismembering you. This warfare is a very powerful influence. It's up to you. No, I'm not going there. You hear it? You realize that's not godly? I ain't going there. Don't care who it is. It can be your mama. It can be your daddy. It can be your pastor. That's why God is allowing it to be shown. There's so many pastors, this pastor, that pastor fall, that pastor fall. No matter who it is, you in your mind, in your relationship with God, has to come to the place where you say, you know what? Even when it's a pastor, you say, you know what? Something wrong with that. Something's wrong with that picture. Help us God. Something's wrong with that picture. He was an anointed cherub. He covers. He, He was in the holy mount. You were on the mount with God. You walked in the midst of the what? The stone of fire. You were blameless in your way from the day you were created until, watch this, unrighteousness was found in you. What are you doing? The thing I'm trying to do, God, cleanse me. Let no unrighteousness. When unrighteousness, you're going to hear it, when unrighteousness is found in a man, roll that over in your mind. You want to think about something. You're thinking about TV. You're thinking about your agenda for tomorrow. You're thinking about the dog. You're thinking about the cat. You're thinking about the weather. You want to roll something on your mind, roll in your mind what God does when unrighteousness, this was in the past, I mean way in the past, what he does with unrighteousness. Thank God we got this opportunity to say, forgive me, Lord. Thank God we have this opportunity to say, wash me, God. Thank God we have the washing of the word, reading the word, embedding the word. Uh, at Mount Union, we're going on. we went on a fast. Twenty one day fast, those who are doing twenty one days, those who do fourteen is coming on, on another time, seven another time. Now watch this. When you go on that fast, again, you need to hear from God. So you what are you doing? You're filling the time that you would be eating with what? Studying, reading, worshiping, excuse me, prayer, praise. This says, This is what I don't want. I'm starting my fast off. When you're fasting, you're saying what? Cleanse me from all unrighteousness. Unrighteousness was found in him. By the abundance of your trade, you were internally, internally filled with violence, and you sinned. Therefore, I have cast you as a profane, as profane from the mount of God, and I have destroyed you. all covering cherub in the midst of the stones of fire. No, no, no. When it comes to warfare, you better understand them, know who this enemy is, know what his past was. No, listen, you, you, you go to a job. I don't care if it's a McDonald's job. I don't care if it's a McDonald's job. You go on a job, and guess what? They want to know your history. Thank you, God. They want Watch this. They want to know where you've been working. Matter of fact, watch this. They want to know what's your track record. Give me the highlights. Matter of fact, they'll ask you what are your strengths. What are your weaknesses? They want to know where you've been and what you've been doing. Why? Because if you're going to work, help me, God, if you're going to work for me, I need to know your path. If you're going to fight this enemy, let me tell you something. The football players watch the tapes of the team they're going to play past games, boxing matches. You sit and watch. I was watching a video about Mike Tyson. And when I was watching it, he says he was sitting with his trainer. The name of the trainer escapes me right now, the old trainer, the first trainer. And, and, and the interviewer was asking him, does he watch the tapes with you? He says he watched some of the past tapes with me, but many times I watched them by myself. He was a dangerous fighter. But guess what? He spent a lot of time watching the tapes, of his opponents. If it wasn't his opponents, it was, again, good fighters and how you win. I'm telling you, <laughs> you, get it. you better know your enemy. Ezekiel chapter 28, verse 14 and 16. That first portion that I was reading, I will ascend into heaven. I will sit, um, rise or raise my throne above the stars of God. That was Isaiah 14, 12 to 14. Ezekiel 28, 14, and 16 is something that you need to meditate on. Drop down to the lower portion of page 115. Thank you, God. Wow, time is flying. Satan's, the next time you see Satan, he's in the Garden of Eden. He got cast, cast out of heaven. And the next time you see him, he's in the Garden of Eden. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1 through 13. Thank you, God. Watch what he does. He gets cast down. Next thing you know, he's causing humans to re- rebel against God, their creator, and drawing the line of battle between two kingdoms. This is, this is your focus. You got two kingdoms. You got the kingdom of light and you got the kingdom of darkness. Every, I, don't, I don't know if you believe it. Everything you do, you got to get in the mindset The kingdom of darkness is trying to use it. I don't care what it is when it comes to interacting with individuals. The kingdom of darkness is trying to use individuals to work on his behalf. Then you got the kingdom of light using individuals who have chosen to surrender and say, Lord, use me to your glory for the kingdom of light. Satan is a creature. He is no match for the creator. I loved it. Loved it. He's a creature. He's no match for the creator. This next phrase, I got a problem with it. Bottom of page 115, last paragraph. Satan is powerful. I'm, you know what? Each individual has to have you understand. I don't care what the commentaries say. Bible scholars. It doesn't make any difference. It's got to resonate with you. If it doesn't resonate with you, you're hearing, you may be chiming in, yes, yes, he's very powerful. Because the, because the, the um, commentary said it. The in-depth studier, the pastor, the bishop, they said it. It's got to resonate with me. Satan has no power. He has no power. You better understand it. He has no power. Elizabeth L. says in her book, Satan is powerful, but not omnipotent. I understand. When God is omnipotent, guess what? He's got all power. All power belongs to him. Satan is trying to, no, it it says it in the book, so let me keep, keep it moving. He can hinder, but he cannot prevent. The master of what? Deception. Deception is not power. And if you start to say he's got power, good God Almighty, he's got power. If you say he has no power, then he has no power. All he has is the ability to influence, the ability to, to deceive. And, and it was very strong. We say it was so strong. Um, um, I, it, I broke. Her perfume was so strong. I had to hug her. I had to kiss her. Because her perfume was so strong. Okay. That's on you. She was so beautiful. She, she, she forced me. Okay. That's on you. I, I, I just had this urge. I had to steal all that money. Okay. This urge. No, no, no. You better keep you, your physical body, your mental, under the subjection of your spirit. Help us God. He's not omnipotent. He hinders, but he cannot prevent. The master of deception can convince the prayer. Watch this. This is what it says. And again, I didn't I didn't put my little quotes on that one. He what? No, no, no. I'm not going for that. The mass of deception can convince the prayer warrior that his or her prayer has not reached the throne. No, 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 no. He can't convince me nothing. you got to get it in your mind. Oh, Satan did this. Flip Wilson said it years ago. You know, it was on a secular show. But let me tell you something. I am so glad he said it because, again, it gave it notoriety. People can identify with it. The devil made me do it. No, he did not. And I'm glad that he did it in a joking way because it is a joke. The enemy has no power when you watch this. When you are God's child, if it's happening, if you're telling yourself that Satan got me on the run, if you're telling yourself that Satan is causing me to do this, I hate him because he causes me to do this, he causes me to do that. I'm telling you, as far as I'm concerned, that's defeat. You might as well hang it up, throw hang up your gloves, throw in the towel. The fight is over. If Satan's got power to you, then let me tell you something. He's going to win. He doesn't have any power to you. You're going to win. God's got all power. You're going to win. Uh, Elizabeth Owl says, we just differ. I'm not saying the whole book. I'm telling you I love the book. There's just little nooks and crannies. I'm, I'm, I'm superficial. I'm looking. She could mean it in a whole different way. I just don't agree with it the way that's written. I, this is the way I would write it if it's my book. The master of, decep, of deceit can convince. And and she says can convince. I would probably say has the possibility. Somebody may say, well, Pastor, you that's semantics. Can means the possibility. Okay, I stand corrected. Not a problem. I, I'm not here to debate. My point is when I read it, it says he can do it. That's the way I'm reading it. He can. It may mean that it's a possibility. If it is, guess what? We're on the same page. Thank you, Holy Ghost. He has the possibility of hindering you, but cannot prevent you. And you say, Pastor, right there, it 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 um it explains that it's a possibility. Amen. Amen. I could be going off on a tangent in the wrong way. The master of deceit. Can convince, did I just do that? I think I just did that. Here you go. Uh, Here. Convince the prayer warrior that his or her prayer has not reached the throne. Your strength is to remember, good God Almighty, when it comes to you remembering, to remember that Satan is a defeated antagonist. Thank you, God. To accredit it to him otherwise is to allow Satan supremacy over you. That's my thing right there. Now, again, Satan is defeated. He's an antagonist. But if you credit it to him any other way, it allows Satan to have supremacy over you. He is. And always will be the usurper. You cannot avoid warfare. That's where we end at. You cannot avoid that. That's what we talk about for a few more minutes. And then, whenever God says cut it off, we cut it off. We're going to come up short if God says so. You cannot be out of the warfare. You better understand at all times when you are a believer. You are in the warfare. Watch me. When you're not a believer, you're in the warfare. Why do you say that? Because unbelievers get used in the warfare against believers. They're in the warfare. Satan is trying to use every individual, every opportunity he can for individuals to be used by him to defeat the army of light. You cannot avoid the warfare. You are continuously involved in the battle. Therefore, you must draw near to God, resist the devil, stand your ground, and he will flee. You know the scripture. Look it up. Resist the devil. He will flee. Resist his thoughts, his ideas, his influence. And guess what? He will flee. There's ways of putting the enemy on on the run. Thank you, God. There's ways of putting the enemy on the run. And I pray in Jesus' name that you're actively doing it. I pray that you hear me when I say, allowing the will of God to be done in your life, to recognize that is the ultimate to be done. Let me tell you something. When you trust God, When you trust God enough to say, God, lead me and guide me, read the scripture. Thank you, Holy Ghost. I got a few more minutes, so I'm going to share this with you. I've been sharing it with folks. Turn to Psalm 119. Psalm 119. I've been sharing this with folks. Very powerful portion of scripture. I know all the scripture is powerful. This one is entitled, He, H-E. I'm getting ready to say on page 819. That's in my Bible. Psalms 119, verse number 33. Watch what it says. When you just trust in God, Lord, have your way. Teach me, O Lord, the way of thy statutes. I will keep it until the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep thy law and I shall observe observe it with my whole heart, all my thoughts. Make me to go, watch this, make me to go in the path of thy commandments, for therein do I delight. Incline my heart, watch this, it says, God, let your will be done in my life. Do what you want to do. Incline my heart unto thy testimonies, and I and not to covetousness, Turn away mine eyes from beholding vanity, and quicken thou me in thy way. Establish thy word unto thy servant, who is devoted to thy fear. Turn away my reproach, which I fear, for thy judgments are good. Thank you, God. Behold, I have longed after thy precepts. Quicken me in thy righteousness. Over and over again you hear it. Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way. Teach me to do it your way. Teach me to know what what you would have me to know. If you can get to that point, let me tell you something. It's going to bless you real good. You get to the point where you understand the promises of God, understand God is faithful to perform his promises, understand that the reason he says you don't have to worry is because I'm taking care of you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. David said, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. God bless you, saints of God. Yeah, we're pulling up a little bit light. Uh, I don't want to go into that next section. Matter of fact, I had anticipated highlighting, just talking a little bit about it. But I feel that it's in. I think we got enough for this evening. God bless you. God willing, I'll talk to you next week.